Hey, welcome to Spirit Squared. I'm Andrew Darrington, your host. Tonight, we've got an awesome guest uh, that I've known for four to five years. She's a badass in bourbon. Uh, she has an executive bourbon stewardship. She's a whiskey sommelier level two. She's the Texas representative in bourbon women. She's also the founder of Poorly Educated. My guest tonight is Shannon Hood. Shannon, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you for having me. Yep. So I'm very excited. Yeah. Um, we're going to start with a pour, uh, which we've already made. Um, we're featuring the JT Melnick, which is a rice whiskey. Yep, out of uh, Louisiana. Um, it's not. It's not distributed to Texas yet. Not yet. They are looking for distribution early next year, 2024. Um, but right now, they they have a little bit of a loophole with uh, the store uh, that they are associated with that has a few locations in Texas. So they're able to, to get a small amount in that way. Gotcha. We've got a lot of accolades. We've got one here um, that you've earned. Uh, we talked about uh, which one is this? So uh, this is uh, from Whiskey Marketing School down at Austin. Uh, this is our my Whiskey Sommelier Medal, uh, level two. Good. And so um, when I'm boys, we talking about bourbon. I I need to be wearing my medal to get all of the uh, whiskey superpowers. Right. Yes. Yes. We've got the tough questions coming now. Yeah. yeah. Awesome. All right. So you bell on whiskey. Um, Let's talk about your introduction. So what what got you started? What got you, the fire burning into this process where you were going to put yourself through education and hours of of uh, study and testing and all that good stuff? Uh, well, that would have to, we have to go way, way back. Um, I have always been a whiskey drinker. Um, that started very early on with my grandmother um, about the age of five. Um, my grandmother was a, a, a single woman, um, my father was her oldest son, and if we moved, she moved, so she was always around, uh, I spent a lot of evenings with her, um, and every evening she would pour herself what she called her highball. Mm-hmm. Um, in my adult life, I would later, I would learn that that was just straight Jim Beam in a glass, and... You know, as old grandparents will do, you know what, you sip beer or whatever, I would sip a terribly straight Jim Beam right along with her. Right. Um, Yeah, high school, college, drinking days, all my friends were drinking wine coolers and beer, and I had a glass of Jim Beam and a glass of Coke, and that's... Right. Uh, so I've kind of progressed from there. Um, was that in this area? Was it in East Yeah, Texas? but I grew up in East Texas, and I was born in Marshall, Raised Mondew Kilgore, um, right? So yes. Okay, so you're you're you obviously grew up drinking Jim Beam Coke. Sounds familiar to some of my friends uh, in <laughs> North Louisiana. Uh, but then it gets serious, a little bit more serious. Sure. When did now, the transition happen? This wasn't, you know, something that I ever like. Grew up thinking I would have a career in. I grew up did many other things. Um, we could fast forward to, say, 2011. Um, I went through a divorce. I lived in North Dallas, but I moved uh, back to East Texas. Um, I was in the oil and gas business 
It was based here. Um, my family was here. And my stepfather and I um, would often get together and drink at this time. I changed. We were drinking Jack Daniels. Oh, uh, step it up. Uh, but then I took a trip to Ireland and got to visit Jameson Distillery. Mm-hmm. And sometimes on that tour, at the very beginning, they will pick out a few people and hand you a scroll. And they tell you, you will find out what the scroll means at the end of the tour. And what it means is you will be someone selected to come up and blindly taste the number, you know, the best-selling Scotch, the best-selling Irish, the best-selling American, which were Johnny Walker, Jameson, and Jack Daniels. Really? Um, and then, you know, kind of slide forward your favorite. Well, I didn't have a lot of experience with Jameson, but that day I really liked the taste. So that's the one I learned. Salt water, the salt air. My mom was in the background. We're in Ireland texting my stepfather back in the U.S. Shannon's a traitor. She picked the Jameson over the Jack Daniels. Right. But from there, that sparked a, hey, you know, this world of whiskey is, is very vast and wide. And why don't I uh, start exploring find out what I like and don't like. And fast forward, 2018, I was sitting around my house. I'd have some friends. Hey, what if I start like a whiskey club? Wouldn't it be cool to get together and just try different things? Everybody was kind of like, if you do it, Shannon, we will walk up. Opened up Facebook. Facebook Big Brother was watching, and I saw the very first post of East Texas Bourbon Society, and I was like, how do I not know about this? Um, contacted them. I didn't know about it because it had just started, and they were very grateful for me to jump on board, and that's how East Texas Bourbon Society came to be, and that has really just kind of skyrocketed my learning uh, through meeting and bringing in different distilleries, um, different companies, and making contacts, just kind of realizing how much I love to drink it. I love to talk about it just as much. And Right. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, we've been on a multitude of barrel picks. Um, I even requested you in some, like, hey, if I go pursue this, this distillery and get these samples, there's going to be a female there because I respect your palate, uh, you and, and some others that are in our group. Um, and there's been a number of times where you said things or you've tasted things that, that others haven't. Um, so, so I respect that, that, uh, your experience and expertise in that. Um, and that, that kind of genetically, and if you can't get mad at anybody, but sure. whoever uh, you think the maker is, you know, but genetically, women do have more sense of, of taste and, and smell. And that really comes from because we are the ones caring for our young who can't, you know, feed and take care of themselves. And so we're always aware of, of this might not be good um mm-hmm. so that genetically women just seem to have more taste receptors taste buds that can pick up and detect different things that's not true for 
every every female. Right. And and in the times that I've had females in barrel picks, they're 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 very vocal about what they are tasting where with with others I've I've felt like there's been some suppression because they would be judged or that sure. flavor profile would be, you know, talked about or it could be shunned out of because they're opportunity. They said that. Um, Correct. Yes. Or that's not really a popular belief or what have you. Comes down to, you know, in, in tasting, it, there are no wrong answers and but people will get hung up on that. Like, sure. you know, hey, if you don't want to sing dumb, you can always shout out vanilla and caramel if you're on a bourbon pick uh, because those need to be present. And, and everybody knows that mine is don't say bananas. Do not say bananas. Yes. Yeah. Um, so are there, you, you said you, you started getting into Irish whiskeys. Um, were there any distilleries that stood out to you when you first embarked on your journey with East Sex Suburban Society or prior to that? Were there any, you know, favorites or ones that just were like, aha, okay, I'm into, similar to how some folks get intrigued with uh, craft distilleries. They start tasting different flavors, different profiles, same, same lane, right? Yeah, absolutely. Um, and kind of when I started that journey with East Texas Burden Society, I really hadn't been on that many whiskey distillery tours. Mm. Um, uh, yes, all across Ireland, but you know, that was uh, an exploration and every county has its own, you know, signature whiskey. After that was more of just exploration and drinking. Prior to that, um, I'd had a big interest in wine, so I'd been to plenty of wineries. Right. Um, but you weren't going to, you know, Specs or to a Goody Goody and, and saying, hey, I want to try this yes. or, hey, I've heard this is good. You didn't have that type of foundation. No, I didn't have that right. that type of foundation. That came um, through the club, actually. Okay. Okay. Um, but you know, early in that, I did make a trip, a week long trip to Kentucky. Mm -hmm. um, okay. Knocked out a few of of the big distilleries. Um, found a few small craft distilleries. The the craft trail was very small it had started um in 2018 but it was it was pretty small um now there's a tons more um but but exploring different texas distilleries um we have we've got some great kind of got a sister product here yeah. but um we've got some great ones in our backyard yes I mean, absolutely us in that and, and the texas whiskey trail is it just in the few few years or four five tops that it has been in existence it has grown exponentially i think now there are 30 plus distilleries on the texas whiskey trail um because texas is so big you know unlike kentucky you can't spend a week and hammer out quite a few you know right you have to drive so far yeah it's big it's broken up. You have um, kind of the the North Texas, which would cover like Denison, Iron Root, down to Toacaro and Palestine and Bellaconis and Waco. Then you have like Austin and the Hill Country, Gulf Coast, 
South Texas, um, brand new distillery out west, close to Lubbock, has just joined the trail. So we're moving out west. There is a distillery at Big Spring. Not they're not a part of the trail yet, but yeah, but, sure, join pretty yeah, soon. yeah. Um, so it's super exciting because Texas whiskey is really its own whole whole journals. Um Yeah, just the way to age it. It's all bourbon. You know, right. Texas, some are doing bourbon, some are doing sea the Walt, some are doing yeah. wheat whiskey, you know, some are playing with heirloom corns and grains. So everybody it's we got the Cajun slam yeah. rights. Yeah. Right? Exactly. Yep. So any distilleries that stand out in Texas or really anywhere that you like, hey, this is a this is one that kind of goes under the radar that maybe not necessarily for the tour, but maybe for the ju- the juice. Sure, sure. No, I I won't say that they're necessarily under the radar anymore, but definitely Iron Root up at yeah. Anderson. Um very, very good. Fidel products, everything they do is great. Yeah. Um experimenting. Chipak. Yes. <laughs> That I was going to say, sitting on gin and juice, but is that too much? <laughs> right. uh, yes, they're definitely not flying under the radar anymore. The big 2020 when they won world's best um, Burbage, uh, that really solidified them and put them on the mat. Um, Another smaller uh, Texas one uh, in Forney, Lone Elk. Oh man, uh, other stuff. Wheat whiskey. Drum. I love its whole intention on why it was going to be wheat whiskey and and not corn. Right. Um, very small, uh, but actually this year named best wheat whiskey in the world. So they kicked uh, Burhan out of its spot that it had clinched for year after yeah. year. I recently had Burhan's most recent release and. I can see how low an elm could be thrown down. Yeah, yeah. And we did a pretty exclusive barrel pick there. Okay. Um, picked two small barrels, and they were fantastic. I mean, yeah. really, really good stuff. Uh, and that, that's the kind of thing I like showcasing about single barrels, because those two barrels, I mean, they were born like a day apart. Right. Um, they aged the exact same amount of time. We got... Almost the exact same amount of bottles out of them. They were like 0.2 off on their prints. Yeah. But they aged completely different. Right. In one, co- one, one color. What was the other? Tastes completely different. Oh, yeah. I was loving showing things like that. Show how single barrels are so unique. And I think, you know, people are often, where can I find this allocated bourbon? Or where can I find this allocated bourbon? Well, while you're looking, why don't you pick up a few of these sure. single barrels stores that you stop in on, and nice. those are rarer than that bottle that you were looking for because when those are gone, right, they're gone. Yeah, and the, and the big distilleries. I mean, there's yes, there's a master distiller. Yes, there's oversight, but it's made in such a large capacity versus your boutique distilleries or even your smaller. Smaller to large distilleries, they're they're handcrafted, daily tested barrels. It's just a different ball of wax. Whether it's in Kentucky, Texas, Louisiana, um, Nevada, wherever the TMA, yeah. Wyoming, um, 
they're 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 more hands on. Uh, and, sure. and that that doesn't mean that the quality's any different, or some, in some cases it does mean the quality's different, but it just means that just because it's unaccessible that or it's accessible doesn't mean that it's even worse. In a lot of cases, it's it's better. Yeah. And um, if people grew to like some of those, they'd find themselves happier about going into a liquor store. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> right. They don't have to necessarily buy from Dave behind the counter for ten years before they get the first antique, well, or antique or right. or whatever. Memories in whiskey in general, because I've I've it's been about the same amount of time. Maybe like 2018, 2019, I got probably 2018. I started getting more and more interested in in you know diving into other things other because i've done rum vodka gin i've done you know, gin bean jack jack daniels a lot of jack daniels more than i care to share yeah but um and i would so i started tasting a couple different things and one of the first things that i tasted um uh was jack daniel sinatra and which is a fantastic or for people that that have never tried it. I mean, it is, it's really up there. And so that kind of got me thinking, okay, well, what else is out there? So that was my journey was, okay, well, what else could taste as good as that? That wasn't on my radar at that time. But one of my favorite memories, um, it was, uh, it was during COVID and we had a barrel pick, uh, and they sent us samples or they sent me samples. I happened to have a you know good relationship with the distillery and contacted them they get they send samples and and so we're under covid protocol and it, so you can't meet in large spaces or you can't meet in short small spaces with a lot of people you know you, you can't be around people you gotta wear masks here you gotta and and so we decided to to meet up in a mezzanine of a <laughs> of an office building and remember we huddled up the chairs and then, so we were like built a a little fortress, like, a fort. like we like a fort, like you would when you're a kid. And we had one table in there, and like our knees were right up against the table. All of us, all were, all were, and, and there were people, there were people passing, like looking to see what we were doing. And I think there was like six of us. You're a lot of them, and, and I. It was so fun to. That was one of my favorite picks um, that we did. It turned out fantastic. Uh, the joke. That was the Joker figure. Yeah. 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 And, uh, and, and, and I, and I know everybody that was on that pick cause I almost, I picked almost everybody on that pick and it, and I had the barrel personally. Uh, it was one of my first barrels that I was able to coordinate and help a club get. And yeah. so it, mean, it meant a lot to me, uh, to do that. All right. So let's change topics. Let's get a little more geekish. Um, the, the reason we're in the metal. Yeah, exactly. Like give me back to the metal. Um, <laughs> is so i've been on but a wooden distillery tours i know a lot of the folks watching have as well um if you go into the detailed tours this isn't like glossing over and hey look at that a ways away from there when you get up to a still and you're able to you know talk about how it works and this that and the other couple of the reference words that are talked about is heads hearts and tails and so they're mentioned but they're somewhat glossed over so it's just kind of assumed that you know that well we don't really keep much of the head we keep all the heart and we dispose of the tail can you go into a little more detail about how that works because since you have the middle yeah <laughs> so 
when you are in the distillation process, um, you know, distillation doesn't make alcohol. You've made the alcohol in, in the fermentation. Here in distillation, we're just trying to concentrate that alcohol. And there's not just one kind of alcohol. There's many, many, many different, different kinds of alcohol that are, are in there. And you want to separate those because some are, are deadly, you know, stuff just smell rotten and, and don't produce nice, uh, congeners or flavors. So you want to separate those. And all of these alcohols, they have, um, different boiling points. Right. So it's not like when you're distilling, um, that when you talk about hens, hearts, and tails, those aren't really just coming off very nicely in that order. Mm -hmm. You know, some of them have very similar boiling points and, and they're coming off very close to each other. Um, alcohols that make up the heads, which uh, sometimes you might hear that called four shots or heads, um, include things uh, like acetone, uh, fingernail wallets from Bingler, um, acetyl aldehyde, um, which is the alcohol that gives you really bad hangovers. So if you're drinking really cheap rock gut whiskey, it has a lot of that particular head, mm -hmm. less tinny final product. Right. Um, the main one you want to get off is methanol, um, to make you go blind, kill you. So stories of, of moonshiners in the woods going blind. Right. It's because they were not letting, um, those first alcohols come off and, and discard them. Um, in today's day and age, uh, distillers have different ways of figuring out where they are in the alcohol run. Um, it's definitely those alcohols have smells and odors. Uh, some go that way some go by how clear the spirit coming off is as you're in the hearts you won't have heavy cloudiness at all the cloudiness comes from the the tail end um proof uh as as your uh product is coming off if, if you're checking the proof of it you can tell where to make those cuts there but um what we're looking for is actually ethanol, um, and that's considered the heart. Yeah. Um, you you collect all of that. Generally, the heads will come off and goes into your spirits tank is usually divided up into three sections. Right. Everything coming off first, you're putting in that first tank. Once you realize, hey, here we are, here's oh. the move, you move it over. And Shine it's weird. A different part of the tank. Yes. As you start to come out of there, um, you move into the tails. Now, some people don't immediately cut that off. There, there are some some tails that produce some nice oiliness. So, some some different congeners that we might want in our spirits. Um, some distilleries will take those heads and tails. Combine them together and redistill them. 
to try to pull a little more of the hearts out. Uh, but then generally they're just discarded. Uh, they make a great cleaner. Um, but yeah. I, I did read that um, there's some distillers uh, or mezcal, some scotches that use some of the head um, to, yeah. to give some smokiness. Yeah, uh, yeah. 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 So, so head you can keep like for blending. Um, yeah. yeah. That they're not all bad, but there are definitely levels of some of those that you, you don't want. Don't gotcha. Want all. So cloudiness, clearness. Um, and then if this, is there an element of specific gravity where maybe, uh, you know, there's certain gases that are heavier than others? Well, we're talking about boiling points. Gotcha. So just Here. purely vapor. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. Because that's, it's boiling off. All of those have a lower boiling point than water. So the water is staying in the still, uh, or you're using steam to heat it up, um, the vapor is rising through the still and it reaches a condenser. Um, the condenser has cool water circulating, so you turn that vapor back into a liquid and collect it. Yeah, you're playing chemist. Yeah. It's, all, it's just chemistry. <laughs> so let's get into Samaye. Uh, being a whiskey, Samaye, there's four levels. You're yeah. level, you've accomplished level two. Let's, let's talk about one first. Okay. Okay. So, because, I mean, it's a rigorous program. It is. You're, you go and spend about three days at this location. You're, you're on campus. Um, and, you know, from eight to six every day you are in, in class. So, also along with the whiskey small gay training, you're also getting... Um, it's a very good marketing school. So I, I do not have a marketing degree. So some of that is, is very valuable information for me to take into the spirits world uh, with that marketing understanding. Um, so level one, uh, because this sommelier program is whiskey sommelier, it is not bourbon focused. So we have to essentially learn about uh, five major categories of whiskey, Maine, Scotch, Irish, American, Canadian, and Japanese. Um, so level one is kind of a deep dive into all of those. Um, and so, so history, you have some reading history, you have, you're not drinking all day is what the point It's like, you're no, we're, we are a lot. <laughs> right. Yeah, um, yes, definitely a lot of history. Um, and in that, you know, learning to know, smell, and taste right. and be able to pick out your wider category, like, oh, oh this is scotch. Here are my markers for <clears throat> knowing how when I pick something up and smell it, I can easily identify it as a single malt or a scotch. Uh, this is Irish. This is American bourbon. This is rye. Right. Uh, once you get into that rye, it becomes hard to tell if it's American rye or Canadian. Canadian rye. Right. A lot of the good Canadian stuff, we don't get here, so we just assume all Canadian whiskey is kind of trash whiskey, but there are there are Italian whiskey. It's backed up, right? Where you got blends, you got cur caribou crossing. <laughs> it's the vodka blends, right? 
Level two is the American deep dive. Um, so me being, you know, a, a lover of bourbon, that's kind of been my favorite category, favorite level so far. Level three is will be um, Scotch and Irish mm. deep dive. Um, so when that starts? Scotch. I'm doing level three in November. In November, okay. And how long is the program last? So it'll just be a. Three days there. Oh, three days there. Yeah. Okay. And then they test you at the end. Yeah. Yeah. I got you. And then uh, if I pass, my, my metal stays the same. This, this. Shades and shoulder. Oh, very similar to graduation or what have you in high school or in college. And then uh, the other one, this is um, Executive Bourbon Steward, yes. which is State and Things Society. They are uh, Louisville, Kentucky-based, um, associated with Moonshine University. Um, they teach team levels, and it is all bourbon. Bourbon yeah. focus. Okay. So your your main love is bourbon, yeah. right? Yeah. What is it about bourbon that like edges ahead of the whiskey or rye? For you, is it the sweetness? It is, is the it... sweetness. Okay. Um, I. I love, especially when it comes across as that dark, dark brown, you know, almost burnt top of a creme brulee, you know, deep, dark sweetness um, is really what I, I love about bourbon. Right. Is there a, is there a distillery? I know you don't, I, I know you love iron, so I know yeah. that, but is there a distillery that, that you're like, okay, this is, if you're grabbing, if you have a litany of bottles, which I know you do, because I've yeah. seen yep. um, f- uh, selfies and stuff like that. <laughs> but I mean, is there a bottle that you're grabbing first or maybe the one that you're, I know one for me, when I'm introducing someone who's make, maybe making the transition between Jim Beam, Jack Daniels, um, I, I'm grabbing Eagle Rare because that's a good, you know, it's a nice bourbon, 90 proof. It's, it's not going to burn their palate. They're going to taste a lot of caramel in it but but for someone who's maybe dove into it i think they know a pretty good bit what's a bottle that you're grabbing or maybe a distillery that you look to that's gonna maybe set a bar um so a distillery i used to work for i spent a couple of years working for uh tall caro um their their blended product on the shelves is spectacular but their single barrels are phenomenal yeah uh, Never had a bad one the whole time I worked there. Um, and I love pulling those out, um, especially because I had access, you know, to, right. to barrels. I have, you know, half full bottles of, you know, siphoned off. Um, but I, I really love showing people that product, especially people new to Texas whiskey. Um, I'm also pretty partial to the Still Austin barrel pick. Sure. Um, that we did. Yeah. It's delicious. Yeah, it is. Super proud of the amount of time that's Vaughn and I spent. Yeah. Within years. Hello, <laughs> man. And- I think I remember <laughs> both of you riding a big barrel. I think a 200-something <laughs> gallon barrel. Did they have like a poise barrel there? You remember that when we did the field trip? Oh, that. Yep, but, that's right. Yeah, and they let us ride the barrel. And we were like, look, we need to be first on the list. You know, we were all lobbying for it. It was, uh, you guys did the pick when we were moving into our house. But I'm glad that you guys got to do it because yeah. it was an all-female pick crew. And y'all had a great time. Um, it was really, 
uh, a, pl- a very pleasant, still Austin pick after I had tasted a couple others. Yeah. That gave me a little doubt. Yeah. Um, so that that was that was really cool. Um, so that that leads us into a really, uh, I think, an interesting part of this uh, podcast where we talk a little bit. You said that um, that 2000. You said 2018, right? You got it pretty interested. You're going up to Kentucky. Um, things are a little different when it comes to females going to a distillery. I know that certain bartenders are maybe looking. I know at my wife or at maybe people that I'm with, and there's a lot of doubt about their abilities or what they can, they're, they're, they're thinking they're, they're just going to get a, you know, Mai Tai or, or, you know, something like that. Um, were there, were there any, any times where in 2018, 2019, when you start deep diving in, you start getting really interested where somebody's like, shouldn't all, shouldn't do this. Or, you know, maybe you're not, maybe doubted some capabilities. So that's you know, specific. No, 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 no. I'll let you be. So that 2018 trip, um, yeah, my first bourbon trail trip, it was a very good friend of mine. She had, um, and at the time, she did still work at, for a distributor. Um, so we had some some good connections, some good ends. We got some pretty phenomenal tour things for, you know, somebody I'm just learning about bourbon. Um, but I will tell you that, that every bar we went to on that trip and just to engage the bartenders because first of all we were like I mean you're a hole in the wall dive bar in Kentucky but your back bar like the, the bottles you have on that shelf we've never seen half of those talk talk to me and man they just loved to engage I think they found it um maybe a little Different and uh, then someone just say, you know, give me a beer, give me a cocktail, and right. that, I remember that, you, yeah, not a guy. that uh, hey, uh, you've got knowledge, you're sitting there serving this and, and pouring this, you live in the state, you know, tell me. Um, and you know, there's also like then coming back home, let's go to a bar and order something neat or. Sometimes I'm far and my uh, order is Jameson on the rocks. It's going to be cheap. I can let my ice melt and just have them add to it. Um, and, you know, maybe getting a comment from the bartender like, oh, hey, yeah, you know, but never really like any super being down on. And then, of course, if you would just sit and talk to me for five minutes, you'll become aware that, that I do have a lot of knowledge about, about whiskey. And, and that, so if there was ever any doubt, there ceases to be some, some doubt. Right. So in the past, like I would say uh, close to three years, especially in East Texas, and it may be different in other places. Um, we have seen a big surge in women influencers in the whiskey world, uh, women distillers, uh, women owners of business. Um, I've, I've 
had them part of more of my bail picks. We've already talked about that. Um, it's they're more knowledgeable, uh, more involved in groups, um, in picks. Why are we seeing this surge of women and women have been in the industry since the beginning of time? We were the first distillers. Um, the men we were hunter gatherers. The men were out hunting and and gathering. The women were. Coating. Taking care of the camp, yep, you know. Yep. So um, it should always come as no surprise that, that women have, have always been there. I mean, even if you go back to, you know, Irish and Scottish history, it was women running those distilleries. Again, the men were out, you know, fighting wars and, and you know, handling the the crops and, and the hard labor work. Um Settlers in America, a lot of early, I think like the first actually sour matched written recipe um, is attributed to a, a woman in Kentucky in 1818. Um, she lived married twice. She had 12 kids, widowed for the second time. She was the one manning the distillery because the last husband had just passed away. Um, so we've always been there and, and always had our hands in it. Um, that women have always worked in distilleries. Um, so it's, it's nothing new. Um, I think with, uh, you had Marion Eves, uh, the living Nate, I thought it was still 2018. So it's about right. 2018 or well, 2019. Yeah. Um, you know, she has at that point already been named uh, Kentucky's first female master distiller. Um, and and then I think from there, it seemed to be a trend for largest distilleries to pull in and, and have a female. I know Old Forster brought in and Jackie's I can. Um, Phenomenal blender, you know, she came from a, a, a bartender background. So I'd obviously been around spirits, um, for quite a few years. Um, I don't think that that puts them down in any way that they didn't deserve those positions. Oh, no. Um, honestly, like in the industry, I've never had any pushback about being female um really the only pushback i've ever had is is from the consumer uh the just the public who doesn't work in that industry in any way that just enjoys the spirit um that you know you have some people who think they know a lot and just because they have a lot of money and then can buy certain models that that they know all and I just yeah. don't let those people bother me because I, I know otherwise I I don't um I don't mean them to hold me up in in high regards. And I think the clubs that we have in East Texas do a great job of like really making sure yeah. making sure that that anybody really anybody but especially those that could be timid walking in are greeted with warmness and yeah. and their courage to talk about things and and uh, and there there's never a doubt that anyone's being judged about anything they say or do and 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 
they're encouraged to come back uh, or participate, whatever you know club you're talking about. Um, that you know whether you're liking their social media post, and which encourages them to to do more of. Um, or uh, if you're if you're talking about a meeting, yeah, you know, and, and and just then they store they form bonds with especially other females that are kind of doing the same thing. And next thing you know, you're going on trips. Yeah. And, yeah. You're, and then you're picking barrels together and yeah. you're making a, a, an impact on the area uh, that I, I, I haven't seen in other areas. So I, kudos to our area for, for that type of receptiveness. Uh, before we get to our next topic, I'm going to pour yeah. this one here, um, which is kind of a, a bottle that I know is special to Shannon. Um, I'll just say his name is Jason, um, gave me this bottle. Um, it just happened to be one of his first off of his run. And we both tasted this bottle before I got gifted this after he realized how much I liked it. Um, look at that. Yeah. It is, uh, it's fantastic. It'll be a mystery or should we tell him? I don't know. I think it. It's Axon Oak. Um, it's one of his first runs. Jason Jackson. Thank you very much. Cheers. Yes, cheers. Then, it will work. Hey. Mm. I don't know if I can talk after that. Yes. <laughs> that is fantastic. All right. Let's talk about poorly educated. Yeah. Uh, so, poorly educated came about. Um, Tobacara, who I, I told you I've been working for, as distilleries sometimes do, uh, kind of went through a period of just downtime. They they needed some in, investment income. Um, I need to get paid for a living. Uh, so sure. we had to part ways. Um, and a way at that time... A way for me to continue to travel and talk about whiskey, I just decided to start my own company, um, Poorly Educated, where I host private events for public classes, um, just exploring flights, and usually each class has a particular thing where either studying a particular distillery or finishing um but just a way for me to stay involved. Now I wasn't working for one distillery, so I could really approach all distilleries and and kind of form relationships with them all, um, and be able to bring in all the their products, either showcase them somehow or try not to be known as a tasting girl. I don't want to get um, more of a dead planner. Yes, planner. yes, yes. Um, I, would, I like to showcase things in a way that's not just me standing in a liquor store where I get your attention for just a few moments. I, I want to spend some time with you. Uh, because to me, whiskey and bourbon is the community, the, like, I call them the family that I have found in this group um, is very strong. Everybody really seems to care about one another. They want to sit down. They want to share a bottle. It makes you share stories. Um, and really kind of form bonds with people that, that otherwise you might not have gotten a chance to. Right. Um, so, uh, 
Lost all train of thought there. No, I mean, a book <laughs> we, we share a common thread. I mean, I, I love talking to the reps, the distillers, the distribu- dis- distributors, um, the people that kind of go unnoticed. Because um, you go into a store. Um, I enjoy talking to the distillers, the distributors, uh, the people behind the scenes, the people that don't necessarily get the credit. Uh, I, I love to talk to them, A, because they're very earnest people. Uh, they are, they are very honest people where there's some deception in some of the stores can be. Um, and they're, they're very good at what they do. Uh, and yeah, they're very passionate about what they do. Yeah. And I like that part. Uh, there's others that really like the, 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 I should say the glamorous part, the fun part of the parties, the, the get togethers and, and don't get me wrong. I like doing that. But I find myself geeking out whenever I do go to those parties. I start talking about what this thing is made out of and, and all that good stuff. And I kind of have to be toned down a bit um, because I, I start talking in that fashion because I want them to know the backstory on the, the, the guy that I met that, that dropped off the grain while I was there. Right. And talked to me for 20 minutes about, you know, his, his cattle, horses, or you know, his grain elevator or whatever, you know, it just, it's, it's, it's interesting, interesting to me how we get there. You know, how, how does it get in my body? Yeah. And, 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 and then there's others that thrive on the bottle to the, to, to the consumer, you know, and that, that's not my, that's not my forte. Yeah. 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 I like the hands-on, like how many people did it take, you know, to make sure. this product? Sure. And again, a lot of people, when you're doing sampling, I've done samples with you. Downtown Tyler, we did a big one. Um, and it's fun doing that part, too, because you start to see people enjoying it. And you can kind of add on to their enjoyment by telling them tid- tidbits about the manufacturing process and the sewing process and things you saw that maybe they haven't seen or, or what have you. Or maybe, you know, uh, someone who's tied to that that they may know or what have you. Uh, that's... It, it's fun. That that part's fun, but I prefer the backstory, like you said, sitting down and, and having a glass and, and all that good stuff. Yeah, yeah. You, you get to talk to people and, and find out their decisions, uh, you know, their manageable decisions. Uh, you know, why did you do this this way, you know, or choose this route? Right. All right, you know, a lot of people, um, distillers, you know, a lot of uh, distribution folks, um, is there anybody that stands out that you want to give a shout out to some, somebody who's done something maybe recently or the past that either influenced you, impacted you, or maybe recently impacted a, a larger group. So I do deserve some cred. It could be a group. It could be a person. Um, well, I'm generally love everybody I've met in my whiskey journey <laughs> generally, um, you know, the Jackson family, Jason and Justin and Lisa, um, you know, I, I pestered them for, I think, a good solid year for for a job, you know, just saying, hey, you know, and, and I had a full-time job, um, but it allowed me to be wherever I wanted to be. Sure. Um, so, yeah, so I remember the day when they finally said, you know, hey, We'd like to bring you on. And and that was a big deal. I mean, 
I was the only person working there that was not immediate safe, you know, a family member. Um, so shout out to them for, for bringing me on and right. uh, getting me hooked on, you know, working, making money in the industry. Uh, I would also love to give a shout out to, to Marianne, Marianne Eames. Um, I had watched the movie Neat, um, you know, knew who she was, was following her. She had, uh, this would be middle of pandemic, so summer of 2020. What? She had left Castle and Key. She was um, traveling around Blendy. Um, she married a man who had a traveling circus, so you spend your life on the road. And saw they were traveling through Texas. So I just sent an Instagram message. I would love for you to stop by this Texas distillery and blah, blah, blah. And less than 12 hours later, I got a message back. I would love to. And I freaked out. <laughs> right. Um. So, yeah. So You freaked deep out. I did. I, just, I was like, well, what are we going to do? And so, yeah. So she got to stop by Talacaro and Jason. Uh, it was actually Justin and I got to just let her taste through barrels, it was, you know, fun to hear her say how much she loves the spirit we were making. Um, she shared some things with us. Um, that's actually, I had to remind Justin. So she just released a product called Forbidden Bourbon. Yeah. And so she disclosed the match bill. And I had to remind Justin that, do you remember when 2020... She let us taste that uh, white corn, white wheat, how malted barley, a uh, year and a half old sample that is now uh, at yes. its age now being released by her. Uh, so that was really cool. And it, it's, you know, very cool to say that I can call her my friend, someone who is looked up to so much to the industry, um, and someone who I've seen put up with a lot by being a woman in this industry and really who she's putting up with that from is that same consumer group that mm -hmm. that i told you that's the only pushback i've ever gotten from being a woman in this in this industry right um man we've both talked about her tonight melissa star um yeah. i met her yeah. through someone say whiskey um she's now doing um uh, Lots of big things and charity bottles with Mary. Yeah, the Stars Yeah, and start. Yeah, I did my shout out last week. Got yep. one of their shirts. Yeah, yep. yeah. Um, just a strong woman yeah. figure. Um, so it it's nice to have those kind of women, you know, on on your side that that will always be there for you. Um, of course, most of the men I've met in this industry, I could probably say would have my back. Yeah, my back as well. Sure. Yeah. Very cool. Yep. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on. It's been fun. I had a great night. Yeah, it was very fun. We got some laughs. Got to talk about some cool stuff. And uh, got the regular, 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 regular battle. Bobby Bobby and you're through the battle. Way the flame. Yeah, right. Remember, you got any clock around. That first yeah. Uh, the one when they got that, I got now go off plenty uh, of Did you take any pictures biting? No, no, no you yeah. should. Yeah, biting. <laughs> That would have been awesome. 
Yeah. All right. Well, hey, thanks so much for coming on. Yeah. yeah. I appreciate it. It was really fun. Um, so, Spirit Squared, next uh, podcast, we're going to have a organ donation transplant specialist. So, we're going to switch gears. Wow. Yeah. It's going to be pretty interesting. Uh, we are going to have some spirits, so don't worry about that. But uh, uh, we've got a guy coming on. He's a, an expert in that field, and we're going to uh, dive deep into that. Should be very interesting. Uh, look forward to you uh, tuning in. Thanks.